Hello, hello. You're listening to Ignite Your Light with Zara Black. Today, I wanted to talk a little bit more about spiritual abuse because I think a lot of people don't really know what spiritual abuse is. A lot of people haven't even come across the term before. What is spiritual abuse? Now, some people that know me probably think I'm always talking about spiritual abuse, but equally, there's some people who have never heard of it before. So I just wanted to kind of give a little bit more information on uh, spiritual abuse as it's something that's very, very, very rampant in society and really, really underrated. So what is spiritual abuse? My personal definition of spiritual abuse is when you're using either spirituality or religion to control, manipulate or abuse somebody. You can control them by, you know, in an intimate partner relationship, for example, you know, where they're going, who they're seeing, um, who they're talking to, um, a religious leader, maybe controlling their behaviors by keeping you um, in your religious establishment for hours on end, giving you several roles to do so that you're always there. You can only hang around with people from that establishment, really making these kind of unsaid rules for you. Obviously, everybody knows what sexual abuse is using your position of power to coerce people who, you know, you should be protecting those people that you should be leading into um, having a connection with the higher power, but you're using your, your, um, you're using your um, position of power as a spiritual or religious leader to coerce people, you know, to commit sexual acts on them. Um, and these may be adults as well as children. Um, we've seen in the media, um, obviously some prophets, pastors, apostles have, you know, used their, um, sort of gift to try and abuse people. And, you know, I'm going to give you some special prayers. Um, you know, let me pray over your panties. You know, all these women should bend over, you know, and let me pray for you, for you from behind. Um, you know, you, all of you need to drink my holy milk. You know, I don't know if you guys have heard any of these stories before, but this is, this is real. Um, and some, um, prophets, apostles, pastors are actually doing this um praying over panties and uh you know doing all sorts of things um spilling oil over you and you know praying and rubbing your breasts you know to you know i don't know but all sorts of things to coerce you and you know they'll literally say something like you know god told me that i should you know caress your breasts so that you may be healed of this you know ail ailment because a lot of the time what they want to do to you is get you to trust them. So they'll tell you something, mostly like a false prophecy, like, you know, something is wrong with you. There has to be something wrong with you. Okay, first of all, so if you're suffering from something, any kind of medical condition, you're already a victim. Okay, if you've, you know, lost your children to um, the local authority, there's already something wrong with you. If you ain't got a job, there's something wrong with you. If you don't have the, the correct um, immigration status, there's something wrong with you. If your child dies, there's something wrong with you. There's something wrong with you. And you are already a victim. So that's mostly when you're approaching a religious leader. Um, you know, there's got to be something wrong with you. And sometimes you just want a connection with a higher power and you think and you trust that this person is already kind of close to this God or higher power. And you want to learn from them. You want to learn the ropes of how you can secure that relationship with this higher power. And that's the only reason that you trust them in the first place. Right. 
But these people will abuse that trust by saying, you know, your mom is a witch or this and that happened. It's because, you know, the people in your village are praying against you and doing spells and you've got a hex, you've got a curse. And that's why. And the only way you can rid yourself of this curse, the only way that you can rid yourself of this hex is by cooperating with this religious leader. You know, because you'll be thinking, oh, my God, I have a hex. No wonder I can't find love. No wonder I can't find a job. No wonder I can't, you know, have a baby or whatever. So you now start to trust this person. OK, this person is close to God. Why would they lie to me? You know, why? Why not? So if they start to say, you know, all you need to do is give 500 pounds, you'll give it. Because, you know, if they're close to God, why would they be lying to me? You know, you've, they've already kind of gotten your trust. And you'd feel like, OK, if you don't cooperate with them, you know, if you say no to them that perhaps you're even saying no to God. You know, I know that was very true for me. Um, at the time, I was given a false prophecy that my husband was my husband. You know, this alleged prophet um, told me that, you know, this is your husband. This is what God is saying. God says that you should get married to this person. And in myself, I was like, I don't know why God would, <laughs> I don't know why God would do this to me and, you know, him like, no. Um, but out of fear, the fear that they, they'd um, gotten out of me because at the time um, I just lost a child and they made up all of these lies saying my child died because, you know, my family were evil and they've, you know, given my child as a, um, a sacrifice um, for their cult that they're in or their um, witch's coven. So I got really scared, you know, what they'll do to you is get you to be scared of other people. So even if you want to, you know, confide in your friends, your family, get external support from like a counsellor, they'll try and make everybody else seem evil. You know, the teachers, the counsellors, the lawyers, um, law enforcement, you know, if you, your um, partner is beating you, they may say, you know, it's against our religion to call the police and things like that. You know, it's against the, the religion to do this and, and that. So they'll try to discourage you from getting external support. And the only reason that they're doing it, that not that those external agencies are, um, you know, evil or whatever, but it's just so you can have that um, reliance on them them for information for help and they can keep roping you inside this cycle of spiritual abuse they'll get you to distrust yourself as I said when I was marrying um you know my ex-husband I, I knew it would deep inside me like this doesn't feel right something is wrong here it just feels wrong I was having dreams um about him chasing me and stuff like that and I didn't trust myself enough to think okay that's a strong sign that I shouldn't go ahead with this um because they'd made me dependent on them for you know advice and you know ridding me of this hex that has been um that has been um cast upon me so they kind of get you to trust distrust your your inner world because i couldn't trust myself even though i was having dreams like proper clear visions i didn't trust myself enough to go with that i kind of you know relied on them more because i trusted them more and believed that you know they were from god so why would i um you know not trust them so that's one thing that they'll do they'll isolate you i don't know if um anybody's watched that uh, bbc documentary on joy um I can't remember her name, Joy, but there was a BBC documentary on an actual, I think he was a pastor or apostle, some kind of, you know, elder in the church. And he ended up killing this poor girl, um, hid her body somewhere and the body was not found until, you know, just a few months ago. Um, 
And, you know, so they'll get you to kind of trust people that are inside the institution and you'll just think, oh, okay, you know, they'll, they'll discourage you from making fr friends with unbelievers. Don't, be you know, don't make friends with invalids or unbelievers, you know, it's us and them kind of thing. They don't want you to make friends. Why? So they can continue to rope you. They, they, they want to have control of the information that you're accessing. You know, like with me, for example, I was discouraged from getting counseling. I had just lost the child. Ideally, I should have had bereavement counseling, you know, but they didn't want me to have any kind of counseling. Why? Because the counselor may uncover that they're actually abusing me, gaslighting me, distorting my reality that this is actually not going on right now. You know, my, my family probably haven't put a hex on me and that's not the real reason my, my, my child died and things like this. But the abusers, you know, these alleged prophets, these alleged pastors, apostles, and, um, you know, even my, um, spiritually abusive ex-husband didn't want me to find that out that they, they're creating this reality for me. Um, uh, they're creating this reality for me um, purposefully. They're doing it intentionally. They know exactly what they're doing. They're abusing me um, spiritually and they're very aware of that. Um, another one of the um, kind of signs of spiritual abuse that you can see is when um, a pastor, I'm, I'm just going to use, you know, pastor, but just because I've come from a Christian background and um, it's been, you know, spiritual abuse of you know christianity kind of thing but you can use it for any kind of denomination that you're from um, whether you're a muslim or um you go to synagogue or um a cult even like what whatever religion or even just spiritual background because this happens um even in like the yoga community as well so you know just the the leader the leader of of the pack they will humiliate people in in the congregation so for example i remember um when i was going to a specific church and this pastor would humiliate people. He would stand on stage and I don't know whether this girl actually told him this, you know, in a previous meeting before, but he like said in front of the stage, like to the girl, you know, you need to stop masturbating. You know, God thinks it's disgusting and, you know, you're shaming yourself by masturbating and all of this kind of thing, like in front of the whole congregation. She was this bit crying. Um, he'd also do it to, um, you know, like ushers in the church, like workers in the church, shaming them, um, you know, just calling their names and stuff. Even down to his wife, he would say, my wife is fat she's ugly i could do so much better if i hadn't already had kids with her i probably would have married somebody a hell of a lot more beautiful the only thing i like about her is her is her legs i think he said and that's why i always make her wear skirts you know um so you could see that he's literally dictating to his wife what she should be wearing he's trying to erode her sense of self-esteem by telling her you know if i could choose again I'd, <laughs> i would you're not that beautiful you're fat you know this, this kind of thing and that's really really alarming for somebody to to say to anybody in an intimate partner um relationship but even more damaging if you're the leader of a religious or spiritual um community because you're supposed to be um, um, an example to other men and women out there. And if you're treating your spouse like that, which could be classed as coercive and controlling behavior, domestic abuse, then what are you expecting that the rest of the congregation is going to be doing to their spouses? You know, it's, it's quite ridiculous, um, to be honest. Um, 
obviously coercing you out of tons of money. We've all seen this kind of SPAC nation movement where they'll get um, people in the congregation to take out loans and saying it's, it's, it's biblical to to pay tithes, to pay offerings, to give to God, give to God, give to God. Listen, I don't mind giving to God, like, you know, paying the light bill, the, you know, the rent in the church and stuff like that. But I'm sorry, like, if the pastor is driving a Lamborghini, like... And the followers are on the bus, there's a huge discrepancy. You know, I, I, I think we've covered this light bill is what I'm saying, you know. So they'll get you to kind of like erode your boundaries, like, you know, just testing what you'll take, testing what you'll take um, by, you know, humiliating you, abusing you, that kind of thing, getting more and more money out of you, um, distorting your reality, making you distrust yourself, essentially, and, you know, relying on them for help. Um Another thing um, that's really damaging is when a victim actually leaves and they're not believed. Like, that is even more damaging. Do you know how much strength it takes and courage to actually leave an abusive environment, you know? I was kind of, you know, re-abused in two ways because when I left my ex-husband, um, I wasn't believed by the courts. The judge, she said I was lying. I've made the whole thing up. He took the role of the, oh, you know, I haven't abused anybody kind of thing. Really, really just um, avoiding accountability for all the things that he did. And by the judge saying, you know, I've lied and stuff like that, it just cemented my my feelings of, you know, where is the justice? In addition to that, you know, all the people from the church that I would go to as well, you know, they'd see me on the streets and stuff like that. You know, they'd see me with my kids and they would like totally ignore me, just walk past me. That's like re-traumatizing the victim. I think on one of my other videos, you know, somebody was commenting um, on my uh, post and saying, you know, we shouldn't be naming the names of the church or, you know, oh, just leave, um, just leave religious le leaders alone because they're doing God's work and stuff like that no 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 they are not doing god's work because they are wolves in sheep's clothing and we need to get comfortable with talking about them because i think a lot of people don't want this bubble of theirs to be burst they look at this you know religious leader as like a oh holy one this is their kind of claim to to um spirituality and stuff like that and if that claim to spirituality is threatened by an, a, a victim they don't want to hear it. So they'd rather just say, no, the apostle didn't do that. No, the prophet couldn't have done that. No, the pastor couldn't have done that because it's easier for them to live in this reality that that person is oh so holy. No, they didn't sexually abuse that child, etc. And it's easier for them to just be, um, to just be delusional, to think that this person is actually harming people and people are turning a blind eye just because they don't want to, to erode their, um, their kind of, they don't want their, their trust in this person to be eroded. And, um, I think it's time we start listening to victims that have been abused because the way I see it is the people in that congregation they are all supporting each other they're all supporting the pastor or the, the 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 spiritual leader what have you like the people that really need the support the people that really need to believe be believed is the people that come out and speak because that takes so much courage to come out there and speak the truth that this is what happened to me i was abused by this religious leader the last thing the victim needs is for clapbacks people coming out and saying no you're lying you're just trying to tell tear down the house of God and blah, blah, blah. Well, no. What if the person is genuinely telling you what happened? You know, 
it's really, really can be really isolating to know, to think that after all the abuse that you've been through, still like nobody believes you. As I say, like, even when I see people like in the same kind of, um, establishment that I was in and they just totally ignore me, you know, cut their eyes at me. Some of them, I don't know what kind of lies they're sp spreading about me that, you know, I'm tearing down the church or I'm just doing this and that because they don't want to, um, you know, the religious leader to take accountability for what he has done. And that's really, really sad that we can't just support each other. We just think it's easier um, to just turn a blind eye to the the pain you know the scope of of pain that these people have actually caused to people's lives like the trauma runs so deep within people that have been abused like I know that it has within me like it's run so deep for me like and for me to come out and speak about it and people just think oh because it's disruptive or that it's disrespectful or ever to speak out against it and it's not about it being disrespectful it's about speaking the truth um you know making sure that those voices too are heard those voices that have been abused that have been silenced are having that chance to tell their story to come out and say this kind of thing can happen in these establishments. These kind of things can happen in these institutions because it's only when people that have been abused can come out and say things like this without having so much backlash and so much enemies um, from, you know, most people who are still in that establishment or in a different establishment, but, you know, kind of representing the same things. It's not going to stop because there's not enough awareness about it. People just want to sweep it under the carpet. Um, as I said, just because it's disruptive or people would rather not believe that their, you know, savior or their um, hero would do such a thing. So they'd much, they'd much likely be willing to just victimize, or should I say re-victimize the, the abused, the victim in all of it. And the stories of the victims can easily help to educate more people so people can actually look out for these signs. So people can actually think, hmm, wasn't this similar to that victim's story? Didn't I read about something like this in the paper or the magazine or that post on Twitter or Instagram or whatever? You know, mm, haven't I heard of this establishment before? Isn't there red flags that I should be looking out for as well while I'm there? So you can actually protect yourself and your loved ones as well, your friends and family, because people just think that these things are just, oh, it could never happen to me. Oh, it could never happen to anybody that I know. But realistically, like even to this day, like so many people say to me, like, no, Zara, like I know you, like literally some of my closest friends have said to me, like, I just, I, like, I, I just can't believe it. Like, not you, Zara, not you. Even just yesterday, last night, you know, one of my old friends from, you know, a couple of years before, you know, this entire situation happened to me. And, you know, he was even like, not the Zara that I know. Not the, like, the Zara that I know, like, nobody could ever take advantage. Nobody could ever, like, you were just so straightforward like nobody could ever take the biscuit you know so 
And even some of my closest friends, like my bestest friends, they, um, you know, even said the same thing to me, even family members of me. So it's really hard for people to get their head around that somebody that is so strong and so independent and so um, confident could be taken down by um, by abuse. And it just goes to show that it doesn't matter who you are, whether you're a weak person or a strong person or a confident person or an insecure person or, a, you know, a, a current believer or an unbeliever like anybody. It can happen to anybody. Anybody can be spiritually abused. All it takes is the right circumstance or even the wrong circumstance. Sometimes it can be the right people because sometimes it's generally through somebody that you know and trust already. Somebody cannot abuse you unless you trust them. That's the number one. When people are grooming people, they have to build trust. That's the number one way to abuse somebody. That's how intimate partners can abuse another intimate partner because it's all about trust. Once you've given that trust to the person, they can literally run riot on you and um, abuse you. Um, it just brings me back to my points about um, when I was um, in a prophetic church and I would literally kind of observe the way this alleged prophet would go on about with new recruits. So when there was like a new person in the church, for example, he would really kind of love bomb them. And by love bombing, I mean like really going for them. Like, you know, he would make sure that he, uh, you know, does a prophecy about them, something positive or like, you know, I'm going to help you. I'm going to say a prophecy about you to help you, or I'm going to compliment, you know, your suit or your tie or, you know, your hair, if you're a lady or your shape, if you're a lady, which he did that a lot. Um, but, you know, literally just making the individual feel really good about themselves. And even if they had a problem, feeling really good about their situation being resolved by his help. So it's therefore kind of creating a, a high, this kind of high that the victim doesn't know yet that they're on. They're about to be on a roller coaster ride all the way down, you know, but it all starts with that high, the love bombing of the complimenting, you know, that positive regard that attention, that sense of importance that maybe the victim needs at that particular time, that reassurance that things are going to be okay, or that reassurance that somebody cares about them, or that reassurance that somebody loves them. That's, that's all it takes. And those are human needs. Those are actually human needs to feel wanted, to feel appreciated, to feel loved. Like that's actually a psychological need, like one of our core needs as human beings. So that's why I say that it can happen to absolutely anybody, even myself, who is, you know, such a strong and independent and confident person, you know, for people to even you know, kind of be in disbelief that this could happen to me. Like, and I think that's one of the really, really things for me that I had to get over because I was almost in shock 
of my of myself in that situation you know how could i allow this person to do this to me or how could i let these people do this to me how could i allow them to sway my thoughts so much how could i allow them to psychologically abuse me how could i allow them to you know pull the wool over my eyes coerce me to do things that i didn't want to do how could i you know trust them so much that i even silenced myself and the things that i believed um to be true the things that i believed in my heart were right or wrong at times you know how come I I couldn't speak up for myself when it came to these individuals you know what what did they do to me and I think it's very important to understand that it happens systematically you're not just gonna walk up to somebody and be like I'm gonna spiritually abuse you today it doesn't happen like that as I said the number one thing is trust however they're able to get that trust it doesn't really matter, but it, this is why I say it might be a family member that gets you involved. It might be a friend that gets you involved or a business partner that gets you involved or some, you know, a, a friend of the family, you know, a friend of your parents, you know, something like that. It's going to be it's going to be some element of trust, even if it isn't through somebody you know directly. There is some kind of rapport about this person or this institution that appeals to you at the time. You you believe that this person or th this institution can help you or help your situation in some type of way. So when you, once you believe that they can help you or help to resolve your situation, they've got you. You keep going back for more. And that's why I liken it to this kind of high because you almost think like you need it. You need this dependence. You need to stay close to them. You need to stay within their uh, pro close proximity to them. You need um, to stay in that church for your survival or your healing or your, um, you know, your breakthrough or your partner or whatever you're looking for you know, your spiritual awakening, whatever it might be, it's very, very easy when you're already searching for something for a wolf to come in and say, here, I've got the solution for you. I've got the answer for you. Uh, all you need to do is, you know, give up the cash or give up the body or give up the, what your time even, you know, whatever it is, you know, you're going to have to forfeit something and the stakes go up higher and higher the longer that you stay in there, you know. And number one, it could be just, you know, oh, just give your tithe every Sunday. You know, the next thing it could be, you know, join a team, you know, the worship team or the prayer team or what have you, the soup kitchen team, what have you. And, you know, you're thinking, okay, I'm doing good. I'm, you know, getting approval from the Lord or what have you. And as I say, the stakes go higher and higher each time. And the longer you're there, then, you know, by the time you know it, they're dictating, you know, the kind of music you listen to or who you hang around with or the kind of words you use, the kind of things you say. I remember in my institution, I remember um, there was a girl there that was really, really talented. And um, 
you know, she was kind of, you know, she was, she was getting on with her career, you know, she was doing quite well. And I remember the, the prophet in the church actually, you know, called her up to the stage or something like that to almost like publicly warn her and say, okay, it seems like you're doing well. Cause I think she was kind of, I don't know, trending or something like that on the internet or Instagram or something like that. She was doing quite well. And, you know, people were knowing her name and stuff. And, he obviously for some reason didn't like that or was intimidated by it or something like that. And he was saying to her that, you know, oh, okay, you think you're big now or something like that because everybody's seeing you on um, social media. Um, how about you You don't do things like that by yourself and you need to kind of, you know, put my name on it kind of thing. If you're promoting anything or you're doing anything, it needs to have my name all over it kind of thing, you know. Not exactly in those words, but literally kind of saying to her, you're not going to get big and run run off with this big big name you need to be putting my name on something and you know kind of you know you know I don't know promoting me in some kind of way you know almost getting the girl to use her I don't know following to um you know kind of piggyback off of her following or her success kind of thing and because this girl ended up with like almost like a dependency to this um profit like you know literally asking him about everything like i i wouldn't be surprised if at some point you know they will you know they would call and ask you know what color bra to wear in the morning um it eventually would get to that to be honest i could not see that being too far-fetched um in the morning uh <laughs> for um this th this particular profit because it's almost like you cannot make decisions for yourself after a while. the 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 brain cannot cannot um, function without this person. It is a dependency. It is a high that you need to to get down from. Um, and that's the thing with with spiritual abuse because you you don't know that it's being done to you. That's the that's the most sinister part of it all. You don't know that it's being done. <laughs> you don't even know you're a victim. You don't even know you're in a trance. You don't know you're asleep. You don't know that somebody's actually pulling the puppet strings um, in your life, and um, you're the puppet in the show, really. So I just want to encourage anybody who um, doesn't know about spirit, doesn't know about spiritual abuse or is currently going through some type of spiritual abuse. Um, and I just hope that this particular episode has helped in some kind of way. I just, I'm really passionate about this topic because I don't believe that it happened to me for no reason. I believe that I'm meant to use my experience to help other people to um, shed the light on this kind of um, thing going on. Um, even though it's a tough road because there's a lot of opposition, I just want to encourage anybody that's gone through it or is currently going through it that you are supported um, by myself um, as a survivor of spiritual abuse. So thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Follow me on social media at Zara Black. That's X-A-R-A -A Black. Thanks for listening.